Hello and welcome to Nitty Gritty Reviews, the movie review podcast that uses a unique grid rating system to discuss a movie's weaknesses and celebrate its strengths. I'm Rachel and I have here with me as my co-hosts today, Tristan. Hello. And Brian. Hi everybody. So today we're going to be talking about the first Marvel Phase 3 movie, 2016's Captain America Civil War, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, and starring everybody. I'm not going <laughs> to list them all, there's too many. So, this is going to be a deep dive nitty gritty review, which means we'll be going through the gritty film's grid rating system to analyze this movie and talk about what works and what doesn't. If you're interested in learning more about the grid rating system, be sure to head on over to grittyfilms.com slash the grid. Um, all right, so now that all of that uh, housekeeping is out of the way, uh, let's talk a little bit about our uh, history, I guess, with this movie, our expectations going into it, all that good stuff. I don't know who, uh, Tristan, why don't you go first? So I don't remember the first time I watched this. It must have been in theaters with you, Rachel. I'm pretty sure I saw it multiple times. I know I saw it multiple times yeah, in theaters. So. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, it was kind of fun rewatching it because I kept thinking, oh, yeah, that person's in this one. Oh, yeah, that yeah. sets up this thing. Oh, yeah, this happens. Uh, and there's a lot that happens in this movie because it's... Yeah, there is. What was it, 140 minutes long or something? So Almost was two and a half hours, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of time. There's a lot of people. But, I mean, really, would you expect any less from a functionally Avengers 2.5? Right. right. I mean, yes, it's billed as Captain America, but this is, it's like a bonus Avengers movie. And I saw it in the theaters and I was super excited. I really enjoyed the original storyline and uh, I was interested to see kind of how they would take the Marvel Comics Civil War and give it the, the MCU twist to make it fit in the universe they were building. I think that using the, the events of Avengers 2... And, you know, some kind of highlighting the collateral damage that we don't really think of in superhero movies. Yeah. As that being the driving force behind the Sokovia Accords, I think was a really nice update to the story. And, yeah. Plus, we get to see a bunch of heroes fight, and that's always fun. All right. I don't have too much to add to any of that. Um, like I said, I saw it in theaters. I want to say this is one of those ones I saw, like, three times, because usually... I see it once or I see it three times. There's not much in between. <laughs> I guess there would only be one in between, but I rarely see something twice in theaters. I definitely saw an IMAX 3D, which was amazing. Uh, probably some of the best uses of 3D in any of the Marvel movies I've seen, although I haven't seen all of them in 3D, but it's one of those things where if I see it in IMAX and it happens to be 3D, cool. Otherwise, right. I'm not going to pay extra. Like IMAX, it's the same price for 3D or not 3D. So I don't see it in 3D, but if it's just a regular movie theater, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to pay extra for that. But I think I did with this. I think I saw it in 3D um, at a regular theater because I wanted to see if it held up, and it did. So that's that's my experience, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And so with that said, should we go ahead and dive on into the grid? Yes, we should. All right. All right so the first category of the grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. And I'm say right off the bat, my scores are all over the place. Um, in general, for most of the categories, but especially in this one. Um, but before I go on a rant, because I, I easily could with this category, <laughs> I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, so, so for either of you, do you have anything that scored either much lower or much higher than anything else to, to get the conversation started? No, mine are all pretty high, pretty narrow range. Yeah, I too am 
kind of in between 6.6 and 7.6, generally positive, but nothing really stood out like, oh yeah, that was great. I mean, there's a lot of fun, snappy one-liners one and a lot of the, the overall plot structure was, it, it was fine. You know, it didn't do anything too terribly bad in my opinion. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, there weren't a lot of huge surprises, but I, I think that functionally it was what I needed from this film, from the, the plot and, and writing stance. I think the pace was solid and didn't leave a lot of room for introspection, but what was there was, was good enough for character development in a Marvel movie, I would say. Fair as enough. far as servicing a character in their emotional growth. Fair enough. So I had, this pained me to do it, <laughs> but I did give plot structure not a super great score. Um, and I went, I've taken a page out of your book, Brian, I went ultra specific with my decimals for this one because I felt like plot structure was below my expectations, but I didn't want to go too far into that range because it seemed too harsh. So I went with a 3.99. Wow. Which is the, the very highest it can be while still falling below expectations. And my biggest reason, and I don't know how, I'm, I'm curious to see how you both feel about this. Because every time I watch this movie, I'm like, it's so great. But <laughs> I don't like that there was a clear antagonist. And I think it really hurts the story overall, at least for what I want out of a story. For a movie called Civil War. Yes. Yeah. I want it to be... Two sides, both have valid points. They can't figure out which one is quote-unquote right because there isn't a right or a wrong. They're opposing viewpoints that both have pros and cons, and they have to figure out what are we going to do, what side are we going to take, how are we going to settle this difference. Like, that's really interesting to me. And then to be like, yeah, but actually those differences don't really matter. It was really this guy that was making them fight. And so it's, it's okay that our heroes were fighting because someone else kind of made them do it. And then it gets, like, ultra personal in the end, which also felt weird to me and forced. Where it's, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, actually, it's not even about the Sarkovia Accords at all. Now it's about Tony Stark's parents that we know very little about. Yeah, um, I, I, can yeah. See, I can see your, your point of view on that. I mean, to, to speak to that, I was excited that they had a character named Zemo. Because there's one of the classic Avengers villains is Baron Helmet Zemo. And I showed you guys the picture earlier. <laughs> yeah. He's ridiculous. Like, his costuming is ridiculous. But they were servicing the name, so I was excited. That he was ended up being the, the Machiavellian big bad that was manipulating the Avengers into fighting themselves and tearing down the Empire from within and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it took a lot of the emotional charge out of the Civil War. But when you think of the fact that the characters themselves don't really know that until the end, I think it kind of softens the blow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the very personal change towards the end, that, that was not a great choice. I, I think making it such a personal thing in the, in the climactic final battle. Yeah. And, and it seemed like such a, a right turn for, for Tony. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He was like, I was wrong. It was this guy. We're going to work together. Oh, hey, what's this videotape? Oh, I'm going to kick your asses. Yeah. <laughs> and even Steve Rogers, like, completely turned. Because, like, I get within the narrative of the story why Tony Stark all of a sudden is like, oh, I'm going to 
kill you guys because of this. Like, yeah. I get that raw anger. Like, yeah, okay, like, he, he killed his parents. That is, you it's know. It's valid. Yeah, it's valid to be angry about that. <laughs> but then Steve Rogers, like, he was not just like, okay, we got to calm him down until, like, this blows over or, like, let's just get you know, Bucky out of here and maybe he'll calm down. Yeah. Like, he was not, he was not trying to diffuse the situation. He was beating the shit out of them. Yeah. And, like, He's with like, intent to kill. Bucky. Yeah. Like, he, he, I feel like he would have killed Tony Stark if, if that fight had gone. I mean, he walked away in the end, so I guess that, I guess not, but I don't know. It just seemed like. There's some questionable choices there. Yeah. Some questionable characterizations. Yeah. And I feel like the pace as well. Um, although I did give it, again, with the ultra-specific, I gave it 5.99 because, <laughs> for the same kind of reasons, I felt like I couldn't really say it went, you know, above my expectations, um, mainly because of the last act. Up until the, like, up until the airport scene, it's fantastic, and then everything after the airport scene, I lose interest. I feel like the movie should have been paced so that the airport fight scene was the final fight scene. You could have a personal, you know, somehow... Iron Man and, and Captain America get set aside and they have their little personal spat or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can still have that, but to have it be this whole other act and a whole other set piece, I just kind of lost interest. And every time I'm like, I love this movie. I think it's one of my favorites in the MCU. And now I'm bored. Because <laughs> <Every laughs> that last act, you're like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that said, this is still one of my favorites. I don't want to, I don't want to be too much of a downer, but the last act I do just, it brings the whole movie down for me. Still one of the best. It would be my favorite if it wasn't for the last act. That's like third or fourth favorite, probably. I did like that uh, it was sort of like a plot twist that the whole movie, I thought he was trying to like rescue these super soldiers. Well, once they introduced them, I thought he was going to like bring them out of retirement to go kill the Avengers or something. And then it turns out he didn't even want to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm still not 100% sure why he had to go to that place and he had to take yeah, them didn't. out. That was another reason why plot structure got... I feel like there were a lot of things like that in this movie. I'm like, wait, why did that happen? Well, they already built the set for the beginning. So they're like, there. well, <laughs> let's, let's just set it there. Yeah. Well, why would they go back? What if there's like six more Winter Soldiers? <laughs> yeah, but that sounds like a lot of stunt work that we got to... Yeah, but what if we just shoot him in the head <laughs> off camera? Yeah, that seemed like a lost opportunity. Yeah. Or, you know, just maybe he shows up in their cryostasis head broken and or someone forgot to pay the power bill so, <laughs> and they were just mush. But yeah. It's a missed opportunity to the point where like why even try to go there? That would be kind of funny, like this whole elaborate intricate plan and everything went off perfectly and then he gets there and like you said, the power's <laughs> out. It's like, oh man. <laughs> well, at least I've got this video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you just send them the VHS tape? Like, yeah. mail it to Captain America. Right? Why not post it to YouTube? <laughs> yeah, just email it to him, buddy. Like, yeah. A lot of questions. Well, actually, I guess, no, it was stored at the facility, wasn't it? In Siberia? I think it showed him going through the archives after he got there. I guess. Oh, that's right. So I guess if you're going to go to Siberia for the tape anyway... Yeah, right. Whatever, it still doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of questions. Uh, what was the highest score that you gave, Rachel? My highest, easily, was for world building and exposition. Mine as well. 
Um, largely because, I mean, this movie was ridiculously ambitious. Like, it's only, what, two, three movies after Age of Ultron? Like you said, Brian, it's basically yeah. Avengers 2.5. And yet, like, they bring all these characters together. We've seen a lot of them. You, we haven't seen Spider-Man on film. Yeah, they introduce Spider-Man. They introduce, introduce Black Panther. Introduce Black Panther. Introduce a villain. Like, they introduce a lot. Plus, most of these characters haven't even met each other. So then you have to have introductions between these characters. And, man, they pull it off so well. It could have just felt like, like, oh, well, I guess this is the stepping stone. They needed to have these characters meet. This is kind of a pointless movie. But I guess it makes sense leading up to Infinity War. But, man, they pulled it off. Yeah, yeah, so good. I, I think the the world building ex- exposition almost makes up for the plot. Yeah, I would <laughs> agree with that. I would. <laughs> um, but again, you know, this is Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. So it, it it's build on spectacle. It's, right. Yeah. You know, I, I think almost more than I, I was more excited for the the character lineup in this than I was even maybe like the original Avengers. Oh, yeah. I mean, when, I, the, when that trailer dropped with Spider-Man in it. Yeah, and it's like, what? And then his eyes did the squinty mm-hmm. thing. Oh, I was very excited. I was a five-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even a big Spider-Man fan, and that yeah. had me excited. And, and Black Panther, I'd never heard of before this. I was like, he looks cool. And yes, he is. He's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, just the... It, it felt like such a launching off point for... You know those new characters, and they, and really integrating characters like Ant Man into the 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 tapestry of the MCU, as opposed to being this funny little side film. You yeah, know, ha- having right. him meet the Avengers and be a, a part of this group, you know, it's it was really neat. Yeah, yeah, this movie um, does a good job of setting up things for the future and introducing new characters, but also tying in previous events and previous characters. Absolutely. Well, was there anything else anybody wants to add for this category? That about takes care of all of the the notes that I had. Um, nothing else for this. Nope. All right. Uh, let's get into final scores then. What were your final scores? For plot and genre, I got a 7.17. All right. I got an 8.0. Wow, mine is by far the lowest. Uh, 5.9. Still meets expectations. Um, I'm actually a little surprised it wasn't quite pushed into the exceeds expectations, although it's very close. <laughs> um, but the plot just eh, dragged it down. But I have a lot of other high scores throughout, so I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> um, which is going to bring us to the next category, which I think is going to get higher scores for everybody, probably. Uh, and that's writing characters. Although I say that and... Uh, I have an even bigger discrepancy between my highest and my lowest for this one. How about you two? Yeah, actually, I'd, I've got a pretty big discrepancy. Um, overall, I felt like the the character development and the on-screen portrayal of character inner needs, it was, again, fine. Like, there was nothing that was like, oh, that was really well done, or, oh, man, you could just, you could feel the emotional resonancy in this scene based on their words and their facial expressions. There there wasn't a lot of that for me, so most of my scores are in the six range, but then we get to character likability, and I'm like, bam, way up mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Because yeah. all of the characters, are they just rocked it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, very likable characters, all of them, and they're all different, and they all have their own voice and their own 
uh, unique identity. Uh, that's really cool. I really liked the uh, character arcs of Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. Because um, it seems like in the last few movies, they, they, uh, they always interact with each other. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Like very strongly. They're both very strong personalities. And they both have like a clear idea of what this group should be and where it should be headed. Yum. I actually gave uh, character arcs was my lowest score by far. Okay. I, I think throughout the whole grid. I gave it a three. Largely because I feel like, I mean, it's pretty much all the same things I was saying with plot. So I'm, tr- I'm going to try not to be too redundant here. But I just feel like for as personal as the story got by the end, like... What did these characters learn? Did they change? Did they grow? I mean, they they split off from each other. They separated into, like, this secret underground criminal Avengers, I guess, and then <laughs> the Avengers. So, I mean, they're, they're two separate groups now, but was there really an arc there? I could be wrong. I mean, I guess I'm asking, was, was there an arc there, or was it just... I would say the, the character arc for, for the principals is, is more of left at a cliffhanger as far as character arcs go. That's this fair. is kind of the the middle of the journey. That's fair. If you look at, uh, especially Steve and and Tony, their their characterization from Age of Ultron into Infinity War, you can almost look at that That's as fair. as that is the arc. Yeah. Yeah. As far as their relationship goes. Yeah. All right. That's fair. But as far as being in this movie and having clearly defined character arcs, there's not a lot. Yeah. You know what? The more I'm thinking about it, though, I like that. That's going to bump the score up, I think, for me. Because I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of the MCU. Yeah, but then you're, up, then you're upgrading this movie based on other movies. I think that's fair for a franchise, though. Um, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe not for movies that are still to come at this point. But even if you look at the movies, like, you can tell they're, they're leading up to something. Mm-hmm. Especially with, with the character of Captain America, who has always been... You know, he's always struggled to, to do what's right. And, like, like sometimes that means going against the people yeah. who are supposed to say what is right. And, you know, all right, I was too harsh. I'll bump it up a little bit for that. And then I also kind of forgot about the uh, the Wanda character arc. I liked yeah. her character arc quite a bit. I, I completely forgot about it. But I like that she's kind of like, oh, I don't really know who I am. I don't know what this power is. People are afraid of me, and I don't really like that. And then by the end, she's like, eh, yeah. Oops, whatever. I accidentally killed many people. <laughs> Pissed oh, off this country. Can we talk about that for a second, though? Because this is another plot hole, I guess. I guess I should have mentioned this before. Was that really her fault? If she had done nothing, yeah, the same amount of people would have died just in a different location. Or yeah. more. But if, she, or was, more. if yeah. she had been trained by the government to use her powers correctly, then she would have been able to get it away above the building before she lost control and crossbones exploded. I don't really believe that, but... <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah that part of the story kind of bothered me too because like you said yeah. like what if would it be better if they did nothing if they just stayed in bed or something like right that would not be better yeah yeah but at the same time it's it's human nature to to blame the clearest scapegoat and she was basically sure. she was the last one to touch the thing before <laughs> yeah that, that so it's I her get. fault i get why some people would blame her but like even like, like she was blaming herself, and then even that because scene, she like, was watching the news and saw her name all over it, but then and how even, it was her fault. Sure, which is what she says to Steve. But then his response is like, like, oh well, 
like, no, you're fine. It was my fault for not stopping the bomb in time. And I'm like, this isn't really the... What he should have said is, like, you still saved lives. Like like Tristan said, more people would have died had she done nothing, because there were more people on the ground than in the building. True. Probably. Like, he was not being very encouraging. And she's like, eh, I guess it's both of our fault. I'm like, it's mostly the guy who blew up. Yeah. The thing. Like, it's, it's mostly, mostly his crossbones. Fault. Yeah. For wearing a bomb vest. Right. <laughs> And and then she still say like it just the way that whole thing was handled. I was like, she still did something. I get why the media would would portray it a certain way, and I get why that would affect her self perception of what happened. But there should have been other people being like, "Hey, look, whatever happens, you still saved lives." Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that was a side rant. I guess I was going back more to plot, but <laughs> this is why that caused such a low score for me. Yeah. Plot structure. But uh, for character arcs, I do think there was a bit. Uh, that came up towards the end where uh, Black Panther is basically telling them to end the vengeance quest. I do really like that. So I think That's that there was too. a lot of like vengeance stories going on. Yeah. But at the same time, while he's, while he's saying this and he's coming to the realization that revenge is not, you know, living for revenge is not healthy. He's coming to this realization at the same time that meanwhile... Iron Man and Captain America are beating the living crap out of each other. Right. In a sense, on on Tony's quest for vengeance against right. Bucky for killing his parents, even though he was brainwashed and basically a meat robot at the time and had no control over his faculties, you know, still, he was the one that did it, so... Yeah. So he's being held responsible. So I, I think it's... I don't know if it was a deliberate parallel that, that while, while Black Panther is... Is saying no. This is this is wrong. To live for vengeance is going to eat you alive. Meanwhile, like fifty feet away inside, <laughs> it's like bam, 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 bam. You killed yeah. my dad. <laughs> well, he didn't care about that so much. It was more he killed the mom. Yeah, that's true. His dad was a jerk. Still hard. <laughs> anyway, I did raise I raised character arcs quite a bit. I had it at a three, which I realized after talking about it was much too harsh because I was really just thinking about. Tony and Steve within the context of this movie, and if you consider the movies that come before it and the, the clear progression of those arcs, and people like Wanda and T'Challa who have interesting arcs, I bumped it all the way up to a 5.99. Didn't go into the exceeds expectations range, but capped it at the, at the high end of meets expectations. I read a dialogue for like a 7.8, and in retrospect, I can't really think why. You like, think it should be higher or lower? I, or you don't you, you I don't know. even remember why I rated it that, honestly. <laughs> Like, I remember there's, you know, the, the standard amount of chuckle-worthy one-liners. Sure. Yeah. And, and quips, but, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I've just become desensitized to the, the Marvel formula, and, like, I'm like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Not really thinking why. Like, I can't think of any bad dialogue. Right. Yeah. But nothing in retrospect really stands out. Yeah. I loved Peter Parker's dialogue. I thought he was great. He was very charming. Actually, and... yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me, this is one of the first times that they brought to the screen the Peter Parker that I remember from the stories when I was growing up. Yeah, like I've heard a lot school, of people say that. High school yeah. Peter Parker, bungling, kind of nerdy kid, doesn't really know how to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. You know, the previous attempts at the character definitely, definitely tried, but they never really hit the balance between the two. Yeah. Between, you know, quippy, bouncy Spider-Man and nervous 
Peter Parker. And I think this is one of the first times that they really hit that with a live action. Yeah. And plus, his eye lens is moved. <laughs> I know it sounds dumb, but like, I was like, oh my goodness, he can emote with his eye face. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, uh, I also thought that there was like the standard amount of one-liners and pretty standard stuff. But I bumped it up a little bit, the dialogue a little bit, because of Peter Parker and... All the characters sound different. Like Vision has yeah. a completely different way of talking uh, than everyone else. Um, I, gu I guess that's the one that stood out the most to me. I, I hadn't really thought of that. I, they did do a good job of each character's voice being their own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of voices, though, real quick, the the introduction scene with young Tony Stark talking oh, to his right. parents. Yeah. But it sounds like old Tony Stark. I know when we were watching, I mentioned it, but I just, I just want to bring it up here. That was jarring. Yeah. Like the visual fidelity that they were able to achieve in de-aging him was amazing. I mean, he looks like he's 20, but then he speaks and it's like, oh, you've lived a rough life. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen some things. <laughs> so yeah, I, I wish they had done a little something with that. I know that's not really dialogue. It's, you know, kind of, kind of, I don't know, whatever. Eh, it works. <laughs> All right, well, was there anything either of you want to add for this category? Uh, no. How about you, Tristan? Nope, I've got nothing to add. All right, uh, so what was everybody's final scores then? I hope mine's a little bit closer to yours this time. I feel like I was a, a Debbie Downer with the first one. I got a 7.38 for characters. Okay. And I got a 7.8. On a 7.3 for me, still the lowest, but, but not as low. Yeah, very close. <laughs> all right, so we're all in the uh, exceeds expectations range for that one, uh, which is not really surprising. I figured that one would be pretty high for all of us, um, as I think the next one will be as well, and that's going to be acting and casting. And my my discrepancies are much much smaller with this one. I gave very high scores to pretty much everything. How about you guys? Even extras. I gave for extras tertiary characters. I gave. Um, I gave that an 8. I guess I should give it a higher score because extras are essentially human set dressing. So if you don't notice them other than right. they're setting yeah. the scene, then they're doing exactly what they need to do. Right. Yeah. So I should probably change my score because right now I've got it at a 6. I gave it an 8. I had a little bit of a hard time, particularly because the cast is so big, figuring out who exactly <laughs> would, would qualify as tertiary characters. Because I used to just have it as... as secondary characters, and then extras, but then that basically just meant that anybody who had one line would be a secondary character, which didn't seem right. So I, I rephrased it a little bit. So then, But then you have characters like Aunt May. Yeah. Like, I considered her a tertiary character, which actually um, boosted my score quite a bit, but I know that's a very divisive thing. So how, how do you guys feel about young, hot Aunt May? I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's a it's another interpretation of the character. I mean that, and a much more logical one. Yeah, or or common one, I should it, say. I, it's a much more modern take on the character. I would yeah. Say. Um, Aunt May in the comics being like the the classic little sweater vested spinster with the ankle length skirt, you know, or the the more modern Ultimate Spider Man of she's like the the fit short haired grandma with a tracksuit <laughs> who's cool and like you know listens to the pop tunes. And, <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is a, a much more believable kind of aunt that would be raising a teenage nephew. Yeah. In today's world. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Plus, it's Marissa Tomei. Right? Who doesn't like Marissa Tomei? Yeah. How about you? How do you feel, Tristan, about young, hot Aunt May? Apparently, is how I'm referring to her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like young, hot Aunt May? <laughs> Uh, I never really thought about it. I have no opinion. Mm. Very diplomatic answer. <laughs> um, I also gave extras tertiary characters a little bit of a bump for the Jim Rash cameo. Yeah. Gotta love that from, uh, uh the Dean from Community showing up for a scene. Not as good as the Danny Pudi cameo in Winter Soldier, but, although I don't know why that is, I love the Dean and I love All Bad and I love both actors, so... I don't know. It's, uh, it's all good. But yeah, so that's why I gave that category maybe a little bit higher than it deserved. But Yeah, yeah I hadn't really considered that when I was scoring it at first. So I bumped mine up. Because you're okay. right, the, the tertiary characters like Aunt May or uh, what was her name? Peggy's no, niece? Uh, or Viola Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about her too. Yeah, like she's there for all like of 30 scene. seconds. Yeah. But the, At first I was like, is that? No, it can't be. Yeah, no, it is. The, the, in, uh, she was the, the lady in the hallway. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the character's name. Is she, like, a character? I mean, no. I know she's like... She's a plot device. Yeah. She, she, but, That's why it was But she was so... a very engaging plot device in that hallway. Well, yeah, it's, it's Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the in, intensity that she had in that moment and kind of... You could see how taken aback Tony was... And how it resonated with his own thoughts and kind of got him thinking more down that line of, maybe we are out of control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, definitely a tertiary character. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely additive to the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I bumped mine up to 8.01. All right, you just had to go, you had to one yeah. up me. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. Or point oh one up me, I guess. <laughs> I did give um, both casting categories perfect tens easily, um, especially because we have, um, geez, I can't remember either of their names right now, but uh, Spider-Man and Black Panther, the casting there. Um, yeah. Why am I blanking on their names? Tom Holland, Holland. Tom Holland and... Chadwick Boseman. Yes, thank you. Um, and then, of course, all the casting of the characters we've already had. Um, but yeah, those new additions for, yeah. for both main characters and secondary characters, although I guess most of them were secondary for the new additions, but yeah, excellent casting. Perfect tense for those for me. Yep, I gave uh, main characters a perfect 10 as well. Not secondary? No, they got a 9. Did you consider Spider-Man and Black Panther main or secondary characters? I guess main characters. I considered them main characters as well. Basically, okay. if you had powers or were really good at kicking ass, I considered you a main character. That's fair. Yeah. Everyone else secondary. And then I guess Aunt May and Viola Davis are the tertiary characters. Yeah, I guess everyone at the everyone at the airport. If you were at the airport, <laughs> you're a main character. Airport. That's fair. No one else was invited. <laughs> yes. That's a good way of looking at it. It's not how I looked at it, but that's a good way of looking at it. So I ended up with a, a 10 as well for main characters, and then secondary characters was a 9.5. But as we just said... I considered most of the heroes yeah. the main characters. So that's kind of why, why I'm skewed there. As far as like the, the physicality, I, I think that there was not a huge amount, 
or a huge opportunity for face acting here, but what was there was very was very nice. And again, uh, as always, Scarlett Johansson, like her her reaction oh, yeah. faces, yeah, like, throughout. I, like, when she yeah. when she embodies Black Widow, it's like, damn, you were born to play this character. Absolutely. The the quiet intensity and like the also the playfulness when she's beating the crap out of some terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the whole the whole uh, beginning scene in Nigeria, you know, as she's running through the the marketplace and like sliding over tables and then yeah. Yeah. ends up getting thrown across the ground and has like just like the the hint of a smirk, like, alright, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're gonna pay for that. But, but I'm having fun. Yeah, and, and overall the the choreography and stunt work was Oh my god, yeah. Yeah was solid. I, mean, I think the, it's probably the best we've seen so far. Up, yeah. Well, not so far. Well, Infinity War uh, up until this up until yeah. It was a lot of fun, and I think it also was uh, like an evolutionary step forward as far as the fight choreography goes from the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, the movies in between, yes, they did have action, but I think that Winter Soldier and Civil War are more of a, a physical combat, like personal, yeah, yeah, hand to hand. Focus. Yeah, and yeah, the the fight scenes in this are great. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and just the 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 movement and the rhythm and the pace to it was was awesome. And it, it really kicks off in in the uh, beginning scene when Crossbones and his terrorists are attacking, and they're out in the courtyard. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Captain America just sailing out of the the wide blue yonder, and just bam, yeah. and then and then just dismantles these guys and it shows the all the Avengers coming together and and working as a team to to it really to me showcased the the teamwork and the coordination that the Avengers had built up absolutely to this point yeah and it was just a lot of fun yeah and that you know those scenes scenes like that just they just pop and there's a, a rhythm to them like almost a song yeah and you're just like yes this is great. <laughs> I definitely agree with all of that. I gave physicality, uh, formerly face acting, and now physicality to encompass um, more than just facial expressions. Uh, I easily gave a perfect 10 for pretty much everything you just said, and especially, well, not especially, but also um, going back to Scarlett Johansson real quick, just some of her, I mean, her facial expressions in general are always good, but like the the way she gets across, like when she's trying to mediate between these two sides, yeah. and like, convincing Steve or trying to convince them like you know you should probably just just sign the papers and you know just just her just her I don't know like she's not babysitting it's not that kind of a but like a almost like she's mediating between children while you're just like come on come on guys you you know you can't do that like you're you're making things worse you know that and just just the way, like, I mean, the line deliveries were great there, too, but just the facial expressions, like, she doesn't even need to say anything, and you can just see that she's just like, ugh, come on, guys, just, <laughs> this can be so much easier. <laughs> yeah, there was, like, a few scenes in a row where she was doing that. Yeah. Like, the Black Panther guy's like, no, don't worry, I'll go kill him myself. She's like, ah, oh, god damn it, come on. I know, she literally, she even, like, mutters something under her breath. She's like, she's like, oh, I'm not going to deal with this shit. <laughs> and then the next scene, she's talking to Steve Rogers, and he's like, no, I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah, like, you're going to make things on. worse. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Actually, that could probably be a good tagline for this movie, is Captain America, Civil War. You're just going to make things worse. <laughs> yeah, for real. 
All right. Well, is there anything else to add for this category, or does that about cover it? Uh, that covers it for me. Yeah, I have nothing further. I, I think we, we covered it all from uh, mediating Black Widow to young, hot Aunt May. Yeah. I think we're ready to move on. Sounds good. What were your <laughs> final scores? <laughs> I give it an 8.6 overall. Outstanding. All right. So I ended up with a 9.07. Oh, I thought I was going to have the highest one this time. 9.0. <laughs> 9 even for me. Wow. Uh, my highest of, of anything on the grid, actually. Easily my highest score. Nice. Um, all right. So next we have cinematography lighting. It's fine. Yeah. I gave very high scores. I thought everything looked really nice, but... Yeah, I like, gave... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like with most of these movies, it's like, I did everything really well, but... But that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gave everything a seven in this category. Um, I think these more action-heavy movies, they tend to have everything very well lit and evenly lit so that you can see everything. So you're not going to get, like, interesting shadows or you're not going to get a lot of that. There was some interesting lighting, though, especially in the last act, yeah. I would say, even though I didn't like the writing that was happening. I thought visually there was some really good stuff going on. And a lot of it was the lighting where, like... You know, people fighting were very well lit, like you're saying, but then there was so much contrast and darkness in the background, and yeah. it really made them pop. And, and then you can see everything, like you were saying, but it looked almost like a, like a painting or something. Like it didn't look like a, a sitcom, which is where you, know, you usually get the, the yeah. even lighting. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I gave eights down the line, pretty much for all the same reasons. I just, you know, I did consider it outstanding, but on the lower end of that. You know, any lower, and it would have not been. Yeah, I'm like low sixes throughout. All right. But I, I guess the, it comes down to what What are your expectations? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Tristan was saying, there's, there's not a whole lot of interesting lighting going on. Again, you know, you want people to see the action. You want them to be able to see all the cool stuff that's going on. But it, they don't really, up until the last act, they don't really use lighting to, to help accentuate right. the story yeah that's right. fair that's completely fair so you know it's, it's like i said it's it's fine it's good yeah. it's fair and, yeah they, they lit well all right <laughs> um so did you get was it six even was it all sixes or was it oh i, I can't go just like six even <laughs> <laughs> you know that. no it's it's six ish <laughs> <laughs> so what did your unless there's anything you wanted to add what was your tristan got all sevens i got all eights uh, oh, are you changing something? I, I might change it. Oh. Because you're right. I this, this is what I expect. This meets my expectations for this kind of movie. So, it's all fives. Oh, I didn't mean that. I, oh. I negotiated down. Oops. Or something. I, don't know. I didn't mean to spike your score, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring you down. Um, I ended oh, up with a 6.23. All right. I'm going to keep my eights down the line because I did think... That the last act especially did some really... The, everything up until then, I, w I would give like a five or maybe a six. But the last act, I thought, did enough interesting things. Um, and had that like painterly quality that made it visually appealing, even though I wasn't really interested in the plot. Which I, which I think yeah. is probably part of why I'm bumping it up so high. Is I'm like, I don't really like what I was watching yeah. narratively. But visually, I'm like, but it does look really pretty. <laughs> even though they're beating the crap out of each other. I mean, one thing I can say about the... Especially that last fight scene between Captain America and Iron Man and the Winter Soldier. The, the lighting in that scene, the way it alternated between being like the modern well-litness 
so you can yeah. see what's going on, and then the camera would flip around, and they'd be kind of silhouetted behind, yeah. against yeah. The, the vista behind them. That was probably the best lighting collectively throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I would agree with that. And plus the, the glow of... So in the original, uh, in a Civil War comic series, one of the iconic images is from, I want to say, like issue six of seven, and it's cap with his shield raised and Iron Man's blasting it with his repulsors and it's yeah. the energy and light is spilling all over the place and you can tell that these guys are just beaten and bloodied and just been laying into each other and they actually did a shot for shot of that stance and I was like <gasps> and did like the fangirl thing with my hands up on my face <laughs> as I am prone to do <laughs> <laughs> for good reason it was bad pretty epic. Yeah. All right, well, should we move on to cinematography camera work then? Yes. All right. Then let's move on to cinematography camera work. I have pretty similar scores, a little more varied. I didn't give give the same thing down the line, but pretty much all in the same range. I don't quite know where to start. What did, what did, what did you guys think? Um, I, I'm in the nine-ish range through, yeah. through all of these. I think that the Russos have a, a knack for putting you in the action and yeah, they do. having a very creative use of, of camera angles. Like all, all the the rubber stamping of the lighting, I think is made up for in a lot of ways by the cinematography. Like the, um, for example, in Vienna, when the Winter Soldier's on the run and he's you know, sprinting through traffic and then here comes Black Panther and then here comes Captain America and there's Falcon and then like the, the camera's kind of weaving through it all yeah. and moving yeah. around the action and it just, feels it it's, gets you going yeah it, it's it's a, a a very effective use of camera angles and just the the total movement of moving through all these fight scenes really yeah yeah like even the more static scenes are are interesting to look at because of how they're framed absolutely yeah i uh, totally agree with that and um I noticed that a lot of uh, when Black Widow was fighting, she has like a very fluid fighting style where she's like wrapped around people and, and doing crazy stuff like that. And the camera seemed to do that as well. It was like yeah. moving around the fight a lot more. So they mix it up based on uh, who's hmm. who they're filming. That's really interesting. I had not thought about that, but you were absolutely right. Yeah. Because every time she's, she's bouncing around and fighting, you're right, the, the camera is moving around it, whereas with someone like uh, Captain America, it's it's more of a, a quick change to a new angle. Yeah. You know, it's more forceful and direct. Yeah. And less fluid. Yeah. Really interesting. Nice catch. Yeah. I get about one per movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bump up some of my scores because I hadn't thought about that, but my camera movement's already at a nine, which I feel like is... Like a, well, I'll bump storytelling up. Storytelling, I only gave an 8. I'll give storytelling an 8.5 because of that. I think that's one of those things. I think I subconsciously noticed it, but I would have never put it into words had you not. Put it into words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did think there were just a few weird shots here and there that bothered me. Um, mostly the one that sticks out the most is uh, right after Peggy's funeral and... Natasha comes to talk to Steve and there's like a lot of or at least one maybe it was even just the one that, that really stuck out there's like a really low angle looking yeah. uh, I don't even remember was it looking up at Steve or at Natasha I don't at even Steve, remember yeah. yeah I'm like it's a really awkward 
angle and it didn't seem like there was a thematic reason for it. I mean, I'm sure there was, maybe I just didn't catch it, but I don't know. I was just like, oh, this just took me out of the scene. And it was such a nice emotional <laughs> scene between them. And then it's like, oh, and now I'm like uncomfortable because this camera angle was thrown in there. <laughs> I can see his chin really well. Yeah. He <laughs> has a nice chin and all. But like, why am I on the carpet? <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. Yeah. So that did knock my, my camera positioning score down, um, formerly called camera angles for anybody uh, following along. There have been a few changes. I probably should have said that much earlier. But yeah, so I gave 7.5 for camera positioning, largely for that. Um, but then everything else was between an 8 and a 9. There were just so many, so many power shots in this movie. Yeah. I love it. Like, I mean, the one you were talking about, Brian, of course, of the the shield and the yeah. power blaster or whatever. Like, that's epic. But just so, like, every character has at least one power shot. Probably more. Yeah. Probably each character has at least three. Well, at least 12 characters share one power shot. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the running towards yeah. each other in the the uh, airport and then leaping into the air to fight. And I, yeah, when I first got this on Blu-ray, I just ran that scene back. Like, specifically that five-second chunk of footage. <laughs> It's to good then stuff. to then pick a different because you know it's it's a such a massive melee on screen and, and yeah I just kind of picked a different pair to follow through the through the rest of that shot because there is so much going on oh yeah and it's like if if we didn't have the miracles of modern technology I yeah you would miss so much but, mm -hmm. and it's fun to to oh I hadn't noticed that before and absolutely yeah and as they pair off and you, you can see. You can see just in the choreography that, yeah, Black Widow and Hawkeye are fighting, but their heart's not into it. They're <laughs> yeah. not fighting right. really hard. Yeah. And then that's kind of where where Scarlet Witch comes in, just flings her off to the side, and she's like, "Quit pussyfooting." Yeah. <laughs> You're pulling your punches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was there anything else either of you want to add for this one? I feel like a. That was a little uh -huh. bit of a quicker one for, for all the good stuff going on, but that's that's about yeah. all my notes. Camera movement, I gave it a perfect 10. Fair enough. Everything else got high scores. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing further to add. All right, uh, let's give our final scores then. I ended up with a 9.2, even uh -huh. though every single one of my uh, categories had multiple decimal places. They all, yeah. <laughs> I got uh, <laughs> 8.2. Or sorry, sure. 8.4. Oh man, I was going to say, I'm not the lowest, uh, but I am tied with you. I also had an 8.4. So I guess, I guess we're tied for the lowest on that one. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, so then that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. Um, another one that scored pretty high for me all around. Um, the one thing I do want to talk about is, is the young Tony. I know, Brian, you already talked about it yeah. a little bit. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it does look a lot like him, but I I feel like like it looks too airbrushed or something. Like they went yeah. they yeah. went a little too overboard with like, no, let's make him really young, and it takes me out of it every time. Where I'm like, what's what's going on with his face? <laughs> oh, he just has no pores or wrinkles yeah, or anything. Yeah, which <laughs> which bothers me. So I gave special effects, I'll, I guess I'll just say right off the bat, everything else was, was flawless in my mind. I gave it a 9.5, but I did knock down. Maybe even a half a point is too much for that, because there was a lot going on. I'm being specific with my decimal points this time. Uh, I'll go like 9.8. Okay. 
I'll go a little more specific because it was really just that one thing and everything else. I don't think there's a single shot other than that where I was like, ooh, yeah, that looks CGI. Or like, ooh, that's going to be dated in a couple years. Like, and it's been a couple years and <laughs> right. it doesn't, you know, it really holds up and looks good. Uh, <clears throat> does anybody have anything that scored lower than anything else? Or any, any low points you want to talk about? Uh, not really. No? I'm, I'm kind of in, like, the mid-seven range through all categories for this. Yep. Okay. Um, the special effects overall were really good. It, to the point where, like, to, to reference the airport fight again, you know, the majority of the action in that, that whole sequence is not really people. Right. And you kind of forget that, you know. Yeah. That they're, they're not really flinging a tiny Ant-Man across the airport or that, you know, that basically we're getting to the point with technology where if you're not looking at someone's skin, it's hard to tell that they're not real. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that, that verisimilitude is, a, is an achievement that is worth celebrating, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Other than, other than that, um, can't really think of anything glaring from from the edits or the pacing and it, it all met expectations in a positive sense you know there was nothing glaring how about you tristan anything anything really high anything really low anything uh, you want to talk about special effects i gave a nine everything else got a seven wow i'm gonna have the highest score i'm pretty sure yay <laughs> wait let me change it it, <laughs> it deserves a few tens <laughs> <laughs> I did get, I gave a perfect 10 to movement. I thought that for, for as much, I mean, a lot of it, like you said, Brian, a lot of it was CGI, but a lot of it was, was stunt workers too. Yeah. And, and I felt like, I mean, everything was so seamless. You just, it just looked like these people were fighting at the airport or wherever they were fighting. You know, it was, um, I thought that was handled really, really well. And, and some of the best fight scenes in the MCU, which is why I gave movement a ten. Um, the fight scenes to me almost seem like a like a Family Guy when they have fight scenes with the chicken, how it like goes Aww. all over the place and it's all these different <laughs> locations and different vehicles and stuff. I, I mean it in a good way, but there's I like yes, that didn't the, sound like when they're good driving thing. around in the tunnels and they're weaving in and out of traffic and then but it looks so good. It does look good, and they're running around at the airport and shooting each other in the sky and. They're fighting in like a the the lobby of that building where they're like jumping up and down stairs and like all kinds yeah. of crazy locations and it looked all pretty good. Yeah. I also really liked um, this kind of goes into overall editing as well as storytelling. Um, I thought they did a really good job of like the the way they compiled all of the different stories. I mean, obviously a lot of that's going to be in the script, but inevitably stuff always gets moved around in post so I'm sure some of it's editing also but just the way they were able to integrate all of like like you were saying all of these different locations all of these different characters and you know like when you see a character you know okay I know where they are okay I know why they're there like right. there was no confusion of like wait where are we again oh we're all the way in this city now oh we're halfway around the world I mean that is kind of what happened but like it you know you, you know why they're there you know when they got there like Everything right. makes sense. The timeline makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of thing, like, even if the script is really solid, if, like, one scene gets put in the wrong spot or, you know, one thing goes wrong in editing, 
it's going to make everything confusing. So I feel like, especially for such a long movie, yeah. they did a really good job of piecing all of these different threads. You have, was it 11 superheroes? Is that is that how many are in there? I feel like I heard that number. There's 12. 12. Yeah, there's... they face off six versus six at, at the airport. Okay, so there's 12 heroes, two sides. So now yeah. you've got 12 individual stories, two bigger stories, one story combining all of those. Like, it's a lot of layers. Yeah. It's a, a pyramid of stories. And, <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, I know a lot of that comes from the script. But I, I had to hand it to the editor, too, because I, yeah. I think it was very well edited. So I gave really high scores all the way down to the point that I think I have the highest for the first time this movie. Mm. That said, is there anything, <laughs> anything anybody wants to add before we give our final scores? Hang on, I'm adding some points. <laughs> no, give me a second, I'm changing my scores. <laughs> uh, no, I don't really have anything else to add. All right, what were, what were your final scores? I got a 7.4 for editing. Okay, I'm higher than yours. That's still pretty high, though. 7.58. All right, and I gave an 8.76. Hey! I know. Uh, all right, that's going to bring us to always an interesting one for an MCU movie, and that is Sounds. <laughs> how how do we feel about the sound for this movie it's not the worst no <laughs> no it's not the worst but i mean as we were watching it there were several times where you know the the quiet interpersonal scenes are are there and you're like can you turn it up a little bit yeah although i do have to say that unless you guys were turning it down when i wasn't looking the the louder scenes didn't seem like such a big step yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely better than it has been in previous movies. Yeah. Especially previous Captain America movies, which I think have been the biggest, Yeah, at least, at least <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the biggest offenders in that regard. Uh, yes. Um, but overall, I think the Foley work was, was nicely done. I agree. It's all believable that there's not a whole lot of, you know, fantastical sounds in this movie, as opposed to like something like Doctor Strange... Um, sure. But, you know, they, they got the sound of Spider-Man's webs shooting out. They got the sound of, you know, uh, Ant-Man shrinking and growing. They, you know, the, all the sound effects are there and they sound right. Um, you know, the, yeah. the meaty thud of Black Widow just beating the living crap out of that guy and <laughs> <laughs> in the streets. It added just enough punch, pun not intended, um, to, to the... Uh, to the soundtrack, or to the overall... Uh, sound design. Yes, sound <laughs> design. Um, that I, yeah, I, I appreciated it. And it added a lot to it, but at the same time, the score was pretty forgettable. Yep. Yeah, as it always is. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of the... I don't even remember, like, the songs that they... Like, real songs that they incorporated. I don't think they had any. They usually don't, unless it's an Iron Man movie. There was one at the end that I didn't remember being in the credits before. Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. And I was just in the credits after the after the first stinger. Yeah. And they changed songs, and I was like, I don't remember this being here. Hmm. And <laughs> also, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the score was, like you said, pretty forgettable. Uh, the Foley stuff, I did like that, except for one thing. I had to take a note of this to make sure I wouldn't forget in the airport scene when they're fighting, uh, and Ant-Man is really big, mm -hmm. Vision, like, curls up into a ball and, like, throws himself at Ant-Man and, like, hits him in the side. 
and he like stumbles back, and I swear it sounds like he, uh, bowling pins. Okay. Huh. I don't know why. <laughs> like I don't the know sounds... if they use that sound effect, or I'm if it's sure just a coincidence, this. or maybe I was just thinking about bowling. I, I was going to say, you're just <laughs> obsessed with bowling all of a sudden, I think. Uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> but that, first of all, just it was like a goofy thing for Vision to do. Hey. Especially yeah, since he can like, kind of goofy. Shoot lasers out of his forehead. Well, like, I mean, at, at this point, they're still ostensibly friends, and so he doesn't want to punch a hole through him with his laser forehead. <laughs> he just wants to knock him down on his butt and be like, like you need a timeout. Yeah. So I'm going to knock you down like a bowling pin. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe he was just like, you know what would be really fun? <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball! That's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> I don't even remember him rolling himself into a ball. And <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> so, like, what are you doing, you it's goofball? <laughs> <laughs> He's still new to the whole human thing. He doesn't know what, what, what's silly and what's not. <laughs> He's like, oh, but it was so effective. Yes, but it looked ridiculous. <laughs> Have some self-respect, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, on that note, is there... <laughs> Uh, anything either of you would like to add for sound design or the sound category, I should say? Nope, I uh, I said my piece. Yeah, I mean the score did everything it needed to do, just not in a way that's going to have me humming it later. It almost doesn't need to have a memorable score because in the moment the score is doing what it needs to do to help elicit the emotions that the filmmakers are driving for. But at the same time, like being able to have something iconic, even in the smaller scenes. Um, would be nice. Yeah. As it is, it's just, it It sounds like a Marvel. There were a few points where you definitely get that Captain America theme, and it's like, mm. oh yeah, cool. But then as soon as it's over, it's like, what's the Captain America theme again? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I hear it, it's like, oh yeah, Captain America. Yeah. Um, which is very, I mean, that's a very Marvel thing. Even like Thor, like I love the music in Thor, and I cannot, I, I couldn't hum it for you right now. But as soon as I hear it, I'm like, yeah, Thor! <laughs> so that's Marvel for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I had, I had to get a Thor in there somewhere since he's not in this one. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, what was everybody's final scores then for sound? I feel like I might have a high one again. I ended up with 6.71. Okay. 5.4. I'm higher again than both of you. 7.3 for me. But you know that you don't win by having the highest score. It's not, <laughs> I it's know, not I like just... your personal score. <laughs> like, Rachel got the high score. No, but I know. I just—I don't like being a downer, so I like—I like being positive. And when I get the lowest score every time, I feel like a Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah, I got the high score. <laughs> <laughs> I am the least negative. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna bring us to the next category, which I—I I do have some very positive things to say about, and that's aesthetics. I'm really excited to talk about this category uh, for weird reasons. What do you guys have to say? <laughs> um, I, I just would like to point out that through all of those fight scenes, Black Widow's curl was spot on. I do have <laughs> I my... Like, damn, mm -hmm. that's some good moose. My, my <laughs> note for that is literally, I have a note, Black Widow has magic hairspray. Yeah, That is for my sure. note. Still, her, still one of her least ridiculous oh, hairdos. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it doesn't go from straight to curly constantly or anything weird like yes. that. So uh, There's consistency there. Yes. It's almost like it's a protective hair helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I especially love uh, after the explosion 
at the UN where she still has the perfect curls, but it's like sprinkled with a little bit of debris. Yeah, a little bit of debris. <laughs> yeah. She's got like some soot smudged on her forehead, but like yeah. the curl's still good, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I do, I gotta say, the burn makeup on um, Crossbone's face when he takes his mask off in the beginning. That yeah. was some pretty good makeup. That was cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, how he just looked just disfigured and his ears all melty and he's like, and you can tell why he is so angry. Yeah. Because that, is, that isn't even a face that his mother could love. Aw, that's not true. He looks like a burnt butthole. So, yes. <laughs> yes, it's true. But it looks so cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, now I get it. You had a building dropped on your face in the last movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Was that in, was that Age of Ultron? Was he supposed that to be? Been, uh, or was it Winter Soldier? That would have been Winter Soldier. He was uh, one of the strike team members. Uh, Brock Rumlow is his name. But he's one of the guys that was a secret Hydra agent the whole time. Um, dark crew cut. You, you see his face several times throughout Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm sure I would. I don't know why. I, like, I really liked that movie and gave it really high scores when we reviewed it. And then I'm like, what happened in that movie? I think it's because it's <laughs> it's like a political thriller. And there's something about that genre where I'm just like, what, what happened again? I know I liked Maybe it Maybe you're when deliberately I forgetting details so that you can be surprised next time you watch it. It's and working. Yes, I did say surprise. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I will say for makeup, I gave it again with the ultra specific. I gave it a 5.99 cuz I thought everything was really good that they used makeup for, but I wish that they had looked more beat up by the end. Definitely. Like everybody. Yeah. Like they they were beating the shit out of each other and looked like they had just been working out at the gym lightly for half yeah. an hour. And like only uh, and only Iron Man had the artful like single notch across the bridge of your nose to show yeah. that you've just been through some stuff. Yeah. They sh- they should have looked more beat up all around. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I know I know it's PG thirteen and for whatever reason like you show more than a drop of blood and that gets that hurts your rating or whatever. So like I get that they can only go so far, but yeah. even just like bruises, dirt even, like, like just kind of dirty. Tony Stark had a black eye throughout most of the movie. That's true. And and all the everyone on the losing side had have black eyes when they were in prison, or at least some some marks yeah. on them. They could have gone further. They could have gone yeah. much further. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, that is true. That yeah, Tony Stark did have a black eye. <laughs> like as the movies progress, they just like lose teeth and like, scars <laughs> on their face. I mean, it would be more realistic. I will say, um, for costumes, I gave a perfect 10, because I thought everybody's costumes were great. We fought, we get Black Widow's classic costume back. We don't have that stupid... Yeah. Don't have the stupid glow-in-the-dark costume that she had in Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. That was stupid. I'm still mad about it. Yeah, that um, didn't turn out so good. Yeah, so we got her in... I keep saying costume. Uniform, I know. Yeah, same difference. <sighs> Yeah, but, you know, we get the, the, she's in uniform for most of the movie, it seems, uh, which is great. And then we have the new, we've got the Spidey uniform, which we've already talked about, that's fantastic. Yeah. Black Panther is fantastic, uh, which I do want to circle back around and talk more about those. But, so I don't forget, I do have to say, I think my favorite thing in this movie is Vision in his street clothes. Yeah, yes. Like. Him trying to act like an actual human. But I, like, 
Oh, There's like I, dark I, polos I, and stuff. Yeah, like it, but he's the sexiest character in the MCU, I think, because <laughs> because of that. Like, I gotta say it. Rocking that cardigan. He does though, and he looks very smashing and respectable, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to make things weird. <laughs> that's that's my note on costumes, which got a perfect ten for me. Yeah, I also gave a perfect ten to costumes and. Less so on Vision in his street clothes, although I do love it. <laughs> Fab. Um, but yeah, just seeing everyone together and like it, it was it was a comic page come to life. And seeing the the modern take on the Black Panther costumes. I mean the classic Black Panther, it's basically head to toe black spandex with like just some different detailing around his gloves and he's got like a belt and a cape but this it's like yes this is what a modern black panther would look like and it's awesome and spider-man having the being a closer representation to what my mind sees when i think of spider-man was was fabulous as well especially the like like i've said a couple of times his his ability to emote using the the lenses of the mask is something that they have not touched on at all in any of the previous incarnations of the film. Um, but it, for me, it was such an intrinsic piece of the character's costuming, you know, reading it growing up, that to, to finally see it represented, it's like, yes, they got it, they got it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I kind of lost my stuff for a bit on it. Um, but yeah, overall, the, the costuming was great. And e- I would say even the classic MCU, I'm in disguise. Uh, <laughs> baseball hat and sunglasses. <laughs> You know, that was like, yeah. it's a really good hat. <laughs> I like those aviator shades. Yeah. Not at all conspicuous indoors. <laughs> um, yeah, just the, 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 the costuming for everyone. Even characters that we haven't seen in costume in a couple of movies. You know, that, that uh, like, Hawkeye shows up and he's just, oh, hey, yeah. yeah. I'm here. I'm breaking you out. <laughs> Dressed like Hawkeye. And it's like, yes. Yes, you are. Looking good, buddy. <laughs> Smashing. Um, yeah, so that's about all I have to say on, on costumes. On hair and makeup, it's kind of like, yeah. Everyone that is supposed to have hair has hair, and we wish they had more battle damage on the makeup. Yeah, Beatrice, you've been awfully quiet over there. Uh, you both said everything that needs to be said, I think. All right. <laughs> uh, well, that just leaves the, the sets, locations, oh, and the props. There's, there's one thing with the costumes. Um, after the airport fight, um, we're looking at the back of Vision, like, almost over his shoulder, and you can see his cape. It just looked weird to me. It looked like, uh... It like, just comes out of his shoulders? <laughs> well, well, there's that. <laughs> but, like, the material itself was, like, like, uh, like if you found a bunch of drapes in, like, a dumpster and sewed them together to make a cape or something. It was, it was very strange. I don't know why they did that. I didn't notice. He's, he's he just wasn't a wearing goofy his street guy. clothes, so I wasn't paying attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, I guess he's just a goofy guy. Yeah. Huh? He, he's figuring it out. You know, it's cool. Yeah, as far as like the sets and locations, I, I think they did a good job of giving a visually distinctive spin to every scene change. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, yes, when they went to a new city, it was like, Bucharest! In big, bold title card font across the 
the front of it, but then once they get into it, it feels like a different, it, you know, the, the feel of the locations. Absolutely. Differs between that and Vienna, and obviously when they're in Lago, and yeah, the, the sets that they built for the, the third act in Siberia. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Those were. I, again, that for all of the writing and, and plot downer, <laughs> yeah. For the third act, they made up for it in the aesthetics. Absolutely. And the lighting. It yeah. was really cool. Um, and then a lot of the uh, the action scenes that were set, like in the stairwell in Bucharest, when the Winter Soldier is trying to escape from GSG nine, yeah. he's like jumping from ledge to ledge and like yeah, tears up part of the railing and swings down. You know, it was it was really cool, and it was yeah. a very the the verticality of the whole sequence was really neat. Yeah, this movie had a lot of vertical fight scenes. Yeah. <laughs> True. That and motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. They like motorcycles and motorcycles. Movies. Which I'm not usually a big fan of, but there were some pretty cool things. And like you, when, uh, when you grab a motorcycle that someone else is riding, <laughs> or you like, it around and jump on it. Yeah, the, that slow motion spin that Winter Soldier does where he like turns around real fast and he's like, I can't even describe yeah. it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Alright, well should we give our, mm-hmm. our total scores or is there anything else we want to add? Nothing else I want to add. No, I don't think so. Alright, what were our total scores then? Mine is a 7.0. 7.82. Alright, 8.33 for me. High score again. Yeah. Get well, thank you. I, I gotta thank Vision in a Street Clothes for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Looking so dapper. <laughs> Alright, so then that's going to bring us to Impact on Film, which is going to get divided up into Critical Impact, Audience Cult Impact, and Historical Inspirational Impacts. Uh, Tristan, I know you do not want to go first, because I'm guessing you're going to just use my ratings. Yeah, also I just thought of something. Vision, when he was in his street clothes, could like phase through the wall. So does that mean that they're not real clothes? He's just walking around naked, but he looks like he's wearing clothes? He like just like the cape in the first one when he like gives himself the clothes. Yeah, he yeah, just like right. He's like, that's a good look. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, they're not real clothes. So like he's a just hologram. walking around naked all the sure. time. I don't think he has <laughs> any junk. <laughs> don't we see funny. him naked in the first one, or does he like crouch so you can't see anything? I thought he was like I, Kendall down there. I think he's crouching. Oh, then never mind. I kind of need to find out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to go home, and pop on Age of Ultron, and be like. Hey Siri. <laughs> hey Siri, does Vision have a penis? Oh man, I made things weird again. <laughs> Alright, well anyway, back to impact on film. So Tristan will not be going first because you're gonna copy my scores. Yep. Um, Brian, is there anything you wanna say to lead us off or should um, I? I can I can just flat out guess. I can give you my scores, but it's sure. uh, it's an absolute guess. I did not I mean, it's do any guess. research. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, critical impact, I took a stab at a 7.56. And then, uh, more than anything, I think this was uh, a big film and it resonated with the fan base because it was an ensemble picture. And it also referenced a, a beloved mid-2000s storyline that... And yeah. the, the, the Civil War storyline in, in Marvel Comics spanned almost the entire line. I mean, it, yeah. it touched 
almost every single title. And, you know, it was a, it was a really big deal. And yeah. that was the, I mean, Captain America died. And, and died. Got, got <laughs> shot with a bullet that sent his body into a, in between space for time travel and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, I think that the, the audience cult impact it would be much higher. I'm sure the critics were, were very nice to it because they're nice to most Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's guesswork. All right. So what did you get so that we can copy this? <laughs> so I gave, for critical impact, I gave a 7.5. Uh, very close, yeah. <laughs> um, which is mostly based on Metacritic, which was a 75, so I just divided by 10, um, which seems about right. I was debating between a 7 and an 8 anyway, and then it was a 75 on Metacritic, so so I just went with that. Uh, audience and cult impact, I didn't look around too much. I think I just looked at the Metacritic audience score and the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, and they were both basically 85, so 8.5 there. Um, which I kind of would have thought would be higher, and I almost gave it, or maybe it was close to an 8, and I did give it a half a point bump. Now I don't remember. I think I did. I think it averaged out to about an 8. I take it back, and then I gave it a little bump because it um, tends to be a favorite among fans, even if it has a weirdly lower score than I would think. Um, not that an 8 is bad, but... <laughs> it's not as good as a 9. Right? <laughs> um, but I did 8.5. <laughs> and then historical and inspirational impacts... That one I went all the way to a nine, and honestly, I probably could have gone even higher, um, but it's really just for, like, pretty much all Marvel movies. It's pretty much just for the, the historical things it does within the MCU as opposed to cinema as a whole, but it did a lot for the franchise in this movie. I mean, it introduced Black Panther, yeah. it, introduced, it got Spider-Man into the MCU, which is something very few people thought would ever happen. This was before the Sony merger thing, so, or the Fox or whatever, like, you know, for all that. So, like, to get Spider-Man in the MCU, that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, like, this was, like, ten years ago. People don't know. But, you know, if anybody has forgotten in the last two years, it was a big deal. Yeah. So that got it a big bump. Um, On for, I, I remember reading, I think it was last year, they hadn't, they hadn't planned on Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't find out until they were already well into the production process that they might get Spider-Man, so they started wow. planning for it. Um, I forget that they had another character slotted that they would be able to kind of wedge in to fill the same kind of gap. But, huh. yeah, it, it was they were well into pre-production before they found out that, yes, we are going to be able to use Spider-Man. Wow. Yeah, they were, like, getting ready to, to, to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when they were casting, it was like, we got to cast this pretty quick. Like, I do remember yeah. that. Like, it was hmm. a really big rush to, to get the right person cast. Yeah. That explains why. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so I guess that's that's about it for my explanation. So the, that average is out for impact on film to an 8.33. And I ended up with a 7.97 because I was close enough with my guesses that I don't feel like I needed to change. Fair enough. And Tristan, did you just copy me? Yep. <laughs> even with the fractions? Yep. Aw, oh, you usually don't even do fractions. Now you're just, you're, you're getting worse. <laughs> Season two Tristan is worse. <laughs> I just wanted to have the high score. <laughs> <laughs> you could have rounded up for the decimals. Anyway, uh, so that's going to bring us to overall enjoyment. How much did you two enjoy this movie? I gave it a 10. Fair enough. For, for all its warts and and plot 
holes and head scratching moments. Overall, I love the film. It was a lot of fun. I've watched it several times, uh, especially once we got it at home and I was able to show our son. And he's like, oh, it's got all this stuff. And yeah. also, yeah, I mean, it's it was just a lot of fun. So Absolutely. I gave it a 10. Fair enough. I also think it's a fun movie. I didn't go that high. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, it's a really good, enjoyable movie. Fair enough. Um, I'm kind of in, in the middle there. I gave it a, uh, again, with the ultra-specific, 7.99. Um, I didn't feel like I could go, as much as I love this movie, and I do really, really enjoy it, I think it's a lot of fun, but I couldn't go into the outstanding range just because of the last act. It's still really fun. It's got a lot going for it. It's definitely one I still keep watching, but there's a part of me that's like, after the airport scene, I kind of want to turn it off. <laughs> Which is awful because like, I love this movie. It's like I said at the top, I think it's probably my third, maybe fourth at this point favorite. Which out of 20, it's still quite high. Um, like I really enjoy it, but there's just enough that I wish were different that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't quite say it was outstanding as far as how much I enjoy it. So I went as high as I could to still be considered and it exceeds expectations. Which is where the ultra specific 7.99 comes in. Nice. All right, so then that's going to bring us to extra credits. Uh, Tristan, why don't we start with you? Did you give this movie any extra credit? I did not. None. Okay, no. that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how about you? Oh, I absolutely did. I actually okay. gave it four points of extra credit. Two of those points alone are for the sequence in which Hawkeye fires an arrow with Ant-Man riding the front. Yeah. And yeah. then sabotages Iron Man's armor from within. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome, and also it was a visual callback to an, uh, an actual Avengers comic book cover of Ant-Man riding an arrowhead, and yeah. All right. I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, they did it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's two points right there, and then the other two points is for uh, the end of the, the final battle between Iron Man and Captain America, and just the, the iconic imagery of them in a stalemate before, you know, he gets the upper hand. But yeah, just the, I guess really my extra credit comes from, you did the thing from the comic book I liked. <laughs> so. Fair enough. That's why it's extra credit. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I gave three points of extra credit. Uh, the first one is for, uh, I don't know if you, if either of you know this, but in the airport scene, you can see the blue staircase oh, yep. right. in the or the stair car in the background because the uh, the Russo brothers, of course, uh, directed many many episodes of Arrested Development and threw that Easter egg in, um, which is fantastic. I love it. So extra credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if only you can get the frozen banana stand. That would be pretty good too. Maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also gave an extra credit point for how cool it looked in 3D. Because I'm not usually, I don't usually care that much. And I thought that the fight scenes especially, uh, especially the, the first fight scene and the airport fight scene were particularly awesome in 3D. So I gave an extra credit point for that. And then I gave an extra credit point, I'm gonna be weird again. I gave an extra credit point for the scene with uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. He's like cooking for her. And it's so adorable and I love mm -hmm. it. And he's got the collar sticking out of his cardigan. He does. He does. <laughs> Coordinated. Yeah. He's and cooking. 
Yeah, and then it turns out he's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't eat. <laughs> like, I don't I actually don't have taste buds. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, and then it like turns kind of sinister where it's like this super adorable scene. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, also I'm like your warden and you can't leave. <laughs> so there's a lot going on in that scene. I love it. It might be one of my favorites in the MCU, even though it's, I don't know, kind of a throwaway scene. But I love them together and I love them separately. I just love those characters and that scene is is sweet, but good and Vision's in his street clothes. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Styling. Yep. Extra credit for that. All right. So before we give our final scores, I have two questions that I want to ask. Um, we're doing pretty good on time, so I think I think it's okay to ask both. So the first question is: Do you do you two think that this was a a fitting end to the Captain America trilogy, or should it have been like a standalone, like either just a full on Avengers movie or just call it Civil War and don't have it attached? Like, like, was there another option besides having this be the third Captain America movie? And I don't have an answer prepared, by the way. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, as far as closing out the Captain America trilogy, I think that for the character, no. For the actor, yes. That's fair. Um, we've heard a lot of reports that um, after Endgame that uh, Chris Evans is going to be stepping away from the role, but then maybe not, but maybe he is, but probably is, but maybe not. I'm sure he will. I, I would think so. It's been, I would, I would it's been a decade. Yeah, I would think most of the, <laughs> most if not all of the phase one people would be phasing out. That's just yeah. kind of my assumption. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the character, I, I don't think it is a fitting end, but at the same time it kind of is. Because it, it allows Cap to take a stand and and really show where he stands in terms of what he will do and how far he will go for what he believes is right. And it also, in, in the real world, kind of, by not doing more Captain America solo films, it clears the slate and allows more space for other characters to come in. That's fair. So, I do and I don't. Is my answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't think I have anything to add to that. Uh, how about you, Tristan? Uh, I think it is. I think it's good. It's fitting because it it's like totally different than where he started. And it's his character arc. Because he started as like this super wholesome, all-American, all that. And now he's like the leader of a criminal organization, basically. <laughs> Secret yeah. Avengers. Yeah. It, so that's just kind of interesting. And I like that. Fair enough. And it is, from what I understand, based on the real comics. And yeah. So that seems like a pretty pretty fitting end to me. All right. Good deal. What's your other question? My other question, this one I do have an answer for. <laughs> are, you, are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? I'm literally wearing a Captain America shirt at the moment, so I think that's <laughs> obvious for me. But as far as like... As far as the ideologies? As far as the ideologies, <sighs> I, should, I should specify... I, I am Team Cap. I think okay. that it, it goes into it a little more in-depth in the, the original story. The, in the original, the, the Superhero Registration Act was actually demasking anyone with powers. Yeah. It was making them public. It was making them government agents. This is a, a little bit... The Sokovia Accords are a bit watered down in comparison to that. Much. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I still, I still see his point that that the that bureaucracy is going to get in the way. 
oversight in and of itself is not a bad thing. But oversight at the cost of essentially having your hands tied and not being able to react to situations as they develop, that, that I think is the, what more resonates with me in what he's talking about. Yep, I agree. So I, I agree with him, um, especially after we saw what happened to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, they just saw what happens when you have, like, a central agency that's supposed to control but would, everyone. But wouldn't the Avengers just take place of that central agency? If it's not the government, it's the Avengers. They're going above the government to be their own agency. Couldn't it, It's just as likely they're going to get corrupted, if not more likely. Yeah, but that's themselves. They can kind of... And then they can just do whatever they want? Without consequences? Without oversight? No, I wouldn't say that. Mm. I guess it's clear which side I'm on. I'm, <laughs> it's In the comic books, absolutely unequivocally, messed that word up, Team Cap. Like, the government should not have that control, that you can't register people. Like, that's, you know, that's not okay. But in the movie version, I, I'm with I'm with Iron Man. I'm with, I'm with Stark. Uh, I mean, I feel like, like I would need, kind of like Cap was saying before he kind of almost signed it, where he's like, okay, we need like some stipulations and stuff like... Yeah, like, we, need some, we need some checks and balances and we need exactly. some safeguards built into this. Exactly. Because again, like he says, what if... Agendas change. Agendas change. Yeah. yeah. What if they get sent in to put down a, uh, a rebellion in some third world nation? Likely? No. Possible? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they would need to have like there would need to be an Avenger in the United Nations, which would be interesting because it's not a nation, but yeah. you know something like that, and I mean, this, uh, a voting thing may. Although then you're going to get slowed down. I don't know. I mean, that, that's the thing is in in the yeah. MCU, it's it's they would basically be a UN task force. They they would be their own thing, but they would be subordinate to the UN, probably the United Nations Security Council, like directly. But is that a bad thing? I mean, I get that that bureaucracy can slow things down. Being being but... held to me, being held accountable for something is not the same as reporting directly to. Right. Like, they, do they need to be held well, accountable how... for their actions? Absolutely. Yeah. So what would be what would be a better solution? Would it be like if you're an Avenger? So then we're getting into like the registration thing. Like you would have to. Like, because you can't just, like, it's a government thing. I mean, we got into this with the first Iron Man, where I'm like, he's committing acts of war. He's going into these countries and just killing people. And, and yeah, he's, like, killing bad guys and rescuing people who were being, like, they were victimized. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, he's doing the right thing. But that is still an act of war. This can trigger, like, World War Three. Like, this, there's, there's government political consequences to this. So how do you how do you avoid that? How do you say like okay here's this group of superheroes and they can just go wherever they're needed in the world without political consequences or do they have if they do have political consequences what country like I mean like Wanda she's in the America she's she's in the America she's in the maybe, U.S. maybe they just need a moon base <laughs> that could work go Justice League style have the, yeah. the or space or just station. like you know have a have a their own personal navy out in the. Uh, international waters and but they, they would still be, fly quinjets they would still be citizens though but they start their own country yeah. there avengers stand i don't know i'm just saying there's <laughs> no, that would be a terrible idea yeah <laughs> i i don't think there is a clear-cut answer to this yeah i, I think that it, it's a it's a sticky wicket no matter what side you fall on i would agree with that which i think is why i lean more towards Iron Man's stance is like, well, it's not perfect, but at least there's some accountability there, and I don't know how to get that accountability any other way. 
Yeah. So maybe this is the best way, even if not the ideal way. And just saying, no, we're going to keep doing whatever we want. I don't think that's the way to do it. I think that uh, when you get into vigilantism, especially like cross crossing borders with your vigilantism, yeah, that can get iffy. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's uh, I guess that about wraps wraps that up. Should we give our final scores? Let's do it to it. All right. Uh, what were your final scores? I ended up with an eighty-three point one two outstanding. Okay, very close to mine. How about you, Tristan? I had a 73 and a third. Very specific way of phrasing it. Um, all right, so I'm... I got 82.77. Nice. So not the lowest. And I very win. close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, is there anything else either of you would like to add before, uh, before I wrap this up? No. Not regarding this movie, I do want to thank you for having me. I absolutely. These talks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for coming on the show. Absolutely. About you, Tristan, anything you want to add? No, not really. You're I not going to thank me? Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much for listening to this nitty-gritty review of Captain America Civil War. And thank you, Tristan and Brian, for talking about it with me. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The next episode of Nitty Gritty Reviews will be uh, two episodes. We're going to be doing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with Tristan as my co-host and 10 Things I Hate About You with my mom, Melissa, and my sister, Jessie, as the co-hosts. Those are both going to be posting on Friday, starting the new Every Other Friday schedule for Flashback Friday Reviews. Also, please be sure to like, review, and share Nitty Gritty Reviews. That's the best way to support the show and help us get more listeners. And we'll be sure to give you a shout-out in our next episode and read your reviews to celebrate you and thank you for your support. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.